weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. He is Adrian Lizer. I'm Jay Catch. We've got Eric behind the glass pushing all the knobs and the fancy buttons there in the control room. Thanks again for joining us on a Saturday afternoon. BYU basketball in action just below us here at the arena. Uh, Talk about shooting lights out here, Adrian. They're, the Cougars at half have hit 9 of 13 three-pointers, 46-25 to 25 lead over the UNLV Rebels. Man, so, how about that game earlier this week, Utah-BYU? I think that's got BYU's goat a little bit. They yeah, let that one get away there. They did. Refs or not, you're still off. Well, okay, here's the thing. The whole ref thing in that game, one team went to the rack and was rewarded with, with free throws and easy buckets at the rim. Utah did that all yeah. night long, and they absolutely deserved that win. So I'm not going to say that the refs took BYU out of that game. They absolutely hurt themselves by just continuing to shoot three-pointer after three-pointer. But uh, So a big game there, but we wanted to get to Utah Jazz basketball. They're in action tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. If, if it feels like they've played the Memphis Grizzlies a lot here in the early part of the season, it's because they have. This is mm-hmm. the third time they've squared off. They've played two games in Memphis, obviously. The first one a couple weeks ago when Mike Conley played in Memphis for the first time since being traded to the Jazz. He is officially out for tonight's game. He is not available. That hamstring still bothering him. So you should see that new starting lineup with Joe Ingles in it again, once again tonight. Yep. And uh, they've been struggling on offense. Yeah. Um, the the second unit has not kept up with what the first unit can do, and it continues to the the lack of offense, the defensive struggles, and then when they let teams get away from them early in the game, yeah. have all kind of culminated into this bad streak that they've been on. Where, they've been in a funk. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and you know they they got to start winning games, and they got to start winning games against pretty good teams. Tonight's a good start. Yeah. I don't think John Morant's going to be playing. He's so, not. And uh, go out and beat Memphis. You just beat them like five days ago. So go out and do it again. And uh, you got to get back on a win streak because this team's too good to be playing the, the or they're too there's too much potential to be playing the way that they have been. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens tonight. But we had Joe Ingles on with DJ and PK on Thursday. Always there every week. And you mentioned it before the break, Adrian. He's a guy who tells it how it is. He's not going to come on and try and uh, blow blow up your skirt and say, hey, we're we're fine. Blah blah. Yeah. blah. He lays it out how it is, and that's what I love about Joe is he's not afraid to let you know, you know what, we are struggling here. But he also is is quick to say, you know what, we can get better. So let's get to the interview without further ado. Here's Joe Ingles with David James and Patrick Kinahan from Thursday morning. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic. What? And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. DJ and PK, we turn the reins now over to Joe Ingles for the Joe Ingles Show. 
and we're just along for the ride. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How you doing? It's good to be on your show this morning, Joe. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. <laughs> so this will shock you not at all that we put some stuff up on social media after the uh, loss to the Lakers about what's wrong with the Jazz. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions. And some of them probably have a portion of the truth. Some of them might have a good portion of the truth. But, you know, inevitably, as media and as fans, we see it differently. We don't get to see practices. We don't get to hear halftime talks. There's interaction between players. There's stuff we don't know and we can't know. I'm sure you were bugged driving home after the, uh, the loss to the Lakers. When, when you're driving in the car and you're just going home and you're thinking about, man, if we could just, we can't change everything all at once. If we could just change one thing, it would start making things better. You know, fix one thing, then fix another. What, what does your brain go to right away? Oh, I would probably be a two-hour show if we had to, uh, <laughs> had to go through it all. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, I, there was a couple of us that were – I didn't leave the gym until about 11 o'clock, I think. We were sitting there and trying to – I mean, like you said, you're not going to solve it all. Um, sitting there after the game or at halftime or pre-game. But I think there's obviously some, some things that we yeah, – I think, like you said, there's, there's some – more obvious things on court stuff that we just need to um, sit down and, or not even sit down, go out, go out and practice and and, and figure it out. Watch film. Uh, little things that we can control. We we can always run back on defense. We can communicate on on both ends of the floor, offense and defense. And um, I think the few of those key kind of components that we've always usually been kind of pretty good at um, is just lacking a little bit. And, um, obviously, that's resulting in the, the way we're playing. And um, I mean, it's it's one of the. Uh, I think I said it last week. We're one of finding your way and trying to figure it out. We we do have new guys, and, and I mean, I'm not going to say that every week because people will think it's just an excuse. But it says it's always going to take time. And um, like I said, I'm definitely not not making any excuses for, for how we've been playing. Um, kind of those last, however many three, four, five games, whatever it is. Um, but we've been putting ourselves in, in horrible positions, being down 20. Um, some of the games we've been, um, it's like it's woken us up and we've, we've played well in the second half or a third quarter or whatever it is and got ourselves back in the game. And um, I mean, even last night, I think we started the game reasonably well. We, we were down kind of for whatever, four or five at quarter time. And um, it's kind of like we fell off a cliff after that. It just went, went all downhill. So, um yeah, today will be um, a good day for us to, to get in and practice and watch film and um, kind of get back to some basics of what we need to do to to be the team that we, we know we can be and that we've showed this year at, at different times. How much of it is mental versus physical? Uh, I mean, probably, I mean, bits and power, I don't know what percentage it is, um, but... De- definitely a bit of both. I, think. I mean, there was times. I know. I know. I, I know. I mean, everyone knows of a bit of emotion on court. But I think I even got caught showing some bad emotion. You, you get drained by um, things happening continuously, and there were certain parts in the game that we we are usually really good at, or, or things that we um, usually do really well that we're, we're just draining because we. Um, we practice it, we, we do it every day, and then for it to still happen and, and 
and not just last night. It's obviously kind of over that period of, of games that we haven't played to the to the level that we we should be playing at. Um, it's draining, and you've got to um, get to the next play, as coach would always kind of say. Is, is if you miss it, you miss a shot, turnover, whatever it is, we've, we've got to get to the next play and, and focus on that. And I think we've we've struggled with that. We haven't got to the next play and it's kind of snowballed into three or four, five, six possessions instead of being one um, and I was getting a great shot or getting a, a stop defensively and trying to kind of fix it and turn it around as soon as possible until uh, instead of it snowballing like it kind of has. You know, obviously the defensive numbers have, have been much worse than they were. They were really good there for the first 15 games of the season. And yeah. as I watch it, I think, well, you know, it's and there are times there's bad defense, but also I feel like the defense is put in a really bad spot. You're in transition a lot. The turnover numbers seem to be up, and it's not always the same player. It doesn't always be the, seem to be the same situation. The only constant seems to be, my gosh, you're getting back in transition and the numbers are against you, and that's always going to sink the defensive stats. What can you do to cut down on turnovers as a group? Yeah, I think it's um, it's been a huge thing. I think and tying in with, with turnovers, I think, is um, not necessarily kind of bad shots, but, but shots where we're not in a position to, to get back. So when you're not expecting it or um, we've got late in the shot clock because we haven't been able to execute what we're trying to do. And and that, as silly as it kind of sounds, but that goes back to what I was saying with, like, if they get a bucket or we, we have a breakdown, we, we don't inbound the ball quickly, we don't push the ball up, and then we get stuck. In a bad possession, we either, like you said, have a turnover or maybe we miss a shot that goes awkwardly off the rim or something like that, and then we're, we're five on three or it's four on two or whatever it is. And um, I mean, Coach always says defensive uh, transition defense is, is something that we control. We can we can all turn our shoulders and run back. That's <laughs> everyone can do that. Coach can do it. You you guys can do that. Anyone can do that. So um, the turnovers have been. I don't know the numbers or anything. I, I know they're high. I know they've been high for, for some games. I know the games that we haven't had them, we've uh, played a lot better, obviously. Uh, and I think of that, some of the some of the turnovers come from, um, like we've talked about before, uh, we have an unselfish team. We, we try to move the ball, and um, I think we're always going to have more turnovers than other teams because of the way we play. Um, and some of them are just, bad turnovers and they're the ones that really hurt you when you like I said when you're not in that position to get back um, when it's a pass or a shot or um, a, a possession that's just ugly and, and that's the ones that hurt you because then you've got LeBron coming full steam four on two or whatever it is which is uh, a pretty impossible task so um, like uh, it goes to little things our passing making sure we have accurate passes making sure we're in the right position Defensively, making sure we're spaced in the right spot so that if I do throw it to Donovan, someone's not standing next to him or the, the big's not in. Whatever the, I mean, we could we could name a million different uh, scenarios, but um, like a few little things like that, better passes, spacing, uh, will will really turn our or put our turnovers down. How much does it bug you? Because it really bugged me just to watch a tatted up Dwight Howard hit a three and then run down the floor all laughing and smiling. That got under my skin, Joe. Yeah, it really pisses me off. It, little things like that. And then them dancing on the baseline. I think, I'm not sure what quarter it was, but 
LeBron drove one time and shot a left-handed floater or whatever it was, and and that's a, that's where you get to the point of like, as a team, you've got to man up, and um, I could use some other very uh, explicit words, which I'm not allowed to, but um, at that point, it's like they're, not that they're trying to embarrass you because they're having fun, they're, they're playing well, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't fault them for that. We have fun too when we're, we're playing well and, and up um, up 20 points or whatever. But as a team that's, that that's happening to, you want to make a stand. You want to um, do what you have to do to, to stop that. And, and obviously for us, that starts from the start of the game of, of coming out the right way and, and playing a lot better, not having turnovers, taking good shots, playing defense, which we've been consistently over I've been here being really good at so um, I, I think one of the best things obviously we always talk about getting to play pretty soon we have um, a game on whatever it is Saturday at the moment um, coming up but we, we we really haven't had any practices which uh, for, for a team that plays the way we play and haven't been able to practice I think these next two days is going to be really good for us to to get in the gym and, and watch film and, and actually get out there and practice together and um, ha- have two days of that. I don't think you guys are probably know better than me. I don't know if we've had that all year this year so far. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to these next couple of days and I think we'll, we'll be, able to, be able to get some really good stuff done and come out on Saturday and, and put out a lot better performance, which, which everyone deserves, especially obviously our, our fans that um, spend a lot of money to come and, come and watch us play. So we've talked about bringing the, you know, the the whole team's got to come together. There's a lot of new guys, and it's a process and all that. And and fans, as they, you know, tweet at us and hit Facebook up and social media and all that stuff, they'll say, you know, we've been through this before. Here we go again. Why do these stretches keep happening? I'm thinking, well, for 10 new players, they haven't kept happening. They haven't heard Quinn's voice. It's funny how a lot of things Quinn says kind of echoes what Jerry Sloan said for years. For fans, this is all second nature, but how much do you think with a new team, with 10 new guys, you have to go through this a little bit, and the key is just keeping it to a little bit and not letting it snowball. And if you start winning again, this stuff will just fade into the into the background. But, you know, you got to pass through the fire, I don't know, whatever the analogy is. I wish I were a better writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and it's funny, like, obviously the fans get frustrated by it and um, on the flip side of that if, if they think they're frustrated how do they, I, I would love to know how they think we feel about it because like I said we we know I guess the responsibility we have to, to come out and like I said the, the fans are unbelievable here and they, they pay a lot of money and they come and watch us play um, and that's on us there's no like there's no excuses there's no we, we've got to put out better performances and um like you said, I think that kind of connectivity of the group is um, is always going to keep getting better because we do have guys, we've got guys that care, we've got guys that want to win basketball games. Um, but I also, on the flip side of that, I can see how and why they get frustrated because it's um, it's frustrating to play sometimes when you're playing that way. Um, but I mean, don't get me wrong at all. There's there's not and not one person in our fifteen guys and our two ones and our jury team that isn't um, busting our ass every day at practice and in film and getting treatment and likes in here being in here all day 
did a treatment yesterday to make sure he can kind of get out there as soon as possible. So in every aspect of the of the game and and all that, I, I don't want that like to feel like we're um, I don't know, taking it for granted or, or anything like that because because everyone um, I can tell you firsthand and that's there's no lie to it that everyone's obviously busting their ass and 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 trying to get a win and trying to make us or get us playing at the level that we know we. We, we play that. We we sit in the locker room talking about it. We sit at practice talking about it. We sit in the film room talking about it. And, um, obviously, at some point, it's got to translate, and, and that's on the players. And um, even even Quinn, it's like it's Quinn can only do so much. At, at some point, the players have to stand up, and um, whatever scheme we're doing defensively is, is nail that and, and be really good at it. And what he wants to do offensively, we've got to get to that and, and do that really well as well. And um, yeah, there's, there's, like I said, there's no excuses, and that's on the players, and, and we've got to we've got to get out there and do it. We saw late in that Toronto game the Joe Ingles that we've seen the last few years really uh, basically take over the Jazz offense, and you know you're assisting, you're scoring, you're doing what you do, and uh, you fill up the box score very well. Uh, what was going on there? You think we'll see more of it? Um, I think as funny as it sounds and silly maybe as it sounds it's, it's the same thing as of uh, getting connected I I, um, I probably hadn't had the ball in my hands that much um, this year um, but with obviously with Mike going out and um, there was just a couple more opportunities and I was obviously able to, to kind of take advantage of it try to be aggressive um, it's not like I kind of haven't tried to do that other games but we um, for me personally, yeah, I've just got to, when I do have those opportunities, if, it, if it's in that pick and roll with Rooney or whatever it is, playing point guard a little bit in that game because of, um, because of Mike being out is, is take the opportunity and, and be really good. Um, I, I know I can play at a high level. I know I have a few stretches um, this year. And um, again, like what I said before, it's if, if people don't think we're we're frustrated and, and as annoyed as they are, um, they're crazy because we, we spend so much time and, um, I guess, effort on, on trying to be the best players we can. And um, it's frustrating for us as well. It's frustrating when you get an open three or whatever it is and you miss it. It's frustrating when you bust the ass of defense and you, you, something happens and they get a layup or whatever it is. Uh, um, me personally and, and the other of us, we've all got to kind of dig in right now and, um, yeah, try and get some stuff rolling because we, we don't want, like you said before, we don't want it to snowball into seven, eight, nine, ten games. I think we've got a good opportunity here on, on Saturday after a couple of good days' practice. And um, today's kind of the first day we get to, to wake up and um, reflect on it and watch film and, and go out and practice. And I think um, having these two days will be, be really good for our group. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. And tell Boyan he's turning into a meme on uh, social media. His palms up. Is anybody else seeing LeBron just walking with the ball? That seems to uh, that seems to have resonated a little bit with people watching the NBA. I got you got a little mileage yeah, out of that. I'm not allowed to comment on the referees because I'll get in big big trouble. But, uh, that was more tell Boyan that he's a star, and you don't have to comment on the refs. I'll, I'll let him know he's a star. I mean, yeah. he's a star regardless. But that. Um, I'll probably bumps him up a few more notches because he'll, uh, he'll be on that forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. 
There you go, Joe Ingles with TJ and PK uh, being very honest mm-hmm. in that conversation. Well, I think the biggest thing I took away from it is he acknowledged the fact that we the, the team as a whole is allowing a bad possession to affect them and they're not moving on from it. Yeah. We hear all the time with athletes, you got to have a short memory in whatever sport you're, worried, you're talking about, football, basketball, golf, tiddlywinks, bowling, whatever it is. You have to have a short memory. When you, yeah, that, uh, that tiddlywinks, that's hardcore, man. When you make a mistake, you have to just let it What's go. What's the worst mistake you can make in tiddlywinks? A misfire, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I honestly, I'm proud of you for even knowing one phrase from that game. I don't know, but anyway, your your point Pogs. is correct. We're playing pogs. Pogs. Yes, we are. A yeah. bad slam. Yes, you know? your point is correct, though. You got to, and that is one thing that has plagued the team. Yeah, is not recovering from those mistakes. Uh, coming up on the other side, we'll keep talking jazz. We'll talk about this game tonight. Uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies and kind of what they've been going through, some of the ups and downs of the Jazz the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, as we're just over the quarter mark, Jake. Yeah. Sunday, last Sunday was the 20th game of the year. Sheesh, okay. We're already that far into the season. And when do you learn what you have as a team and do you just accept it or do you move, you try to make things better? We'll get into all things Jazz. Coming up on the other side, that is five minutes of soccer. It's back. You'll wonder why. Jake has an answer. That's all coming up here on the Saturday Show. It's the weekend! Let's go! It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Leiser and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, can't, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jake Hatch, I'm Adrian Lizer, Eric Jensen behind the glass. We're having a good time on this Saturday. It's a bit smoggy out there. See, the funny thing is, down at my house in Saratoga Springs, it was clear as a bell this Cue morning. the oh good for you drop. You should, but, from... I, but I was surprised. So I was driving in about 70th South. All of a sudden I entered the fog, as I'll call it, I suppose. The immersion layer. It was weird because... Outside of that, it was pretty clear today. So hopefully the weather's clearing out. It looks like it's clearing up a little bit now. I think it's burning off a little bit of that. Because there was fog, according to the forecast last night. But I'm hoping that inversion goes away and stays away for a little bit. Yeah, like last year. We had a pretty wet winter. So it was nice. Kind of cleared things out. Yep. Um, If you're heading down to the Jazz game tonight, they take on the Memphis Grizzlies. It's an 8 o'clock tip. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Sports Network gets going at 7 o'clock with Jake Scott and I believe Tim Lacombe tonight, but I'm not positive. Ah, the coach. But uh, they will have the pre-half and post-game coverage. Tony Parks in the locker room and on the sidelines and also David and Ron on the call. So we always have a good time. Make sure you join us if you can't make it to the game. Uh, The Grizzlies in town tonight and Jake, the Jazz, they've lost six of their last ten and they've lost five of their last six. Mm. Um they went on that road trip, lost at Milwaukee in a close one, then got uh, blown out by Indiana, beat Memphis, blown out by Toronto, blown out by Philadelphia, and then came back home to get blown out by uh, the Lakers. Now, the Philly loss ended up being closer at the end, but they were down 20-something in the yeah. first half. So hard, to, just hard to come back from that. Um, not, not exactly what we expected out of this team. Maybe not to go undefeated on that road trip. But by this time, I would have thought they would have had it more figured out. Uh, you heard Howard Beck talk about if your offense doesn't have a big offensive bite, 
and your defense isn't quite where it has been in the last couple of years, yeah. it's harder to stay in games and win games. But in your mind, where's the problem line with this Jazz team right now? Offensive, defensively, mixture of both. Um, maybe guys haven't reached what maybe we thought they would be at this point. I still think, you know, it's 20 games in. Mm-hmm. Maybe you learn about what your team is. It's more than 20 now, but I still think there's a lot to figure out. I don't want to make excuses that there's a lot to figure out, but I also think some of it, it hasn't quite clicked for everybody, and maybe when it does, it'll be really, really good. But for right now, it hasn't looked great. Yeah, no, it obviously has not looked good the last little bit. I'm thinking it's more on the defensive end. You can't give up routinely in the 110s, 120s, and expect to win a lot of basketball games in the NBA. And They've given up, let's see, uh, let's see, they gave up 122 to Milwaukee, 121 to Indiana, 130 to Toronto, and 121 nice. to the Lakers. Whew. Yeah, the, and let's be honest, the NBA is favoring offense. We all know that the Jazz made upgrades in, to their offense in the offseason. Boyan Bogdanovich has been an absolute revelation for this He's team. He's been great. Yep. Mike Conley has struggled. I And I, a lot of people out there are saying the Mike Conley experiment's over. It's 20 games, y'all. I think that you're giving up too early on this guy. I think he will get things figured out. I could be wrong. I might eat my words, but I'm convinced he still has plenty of plenty left in the tank and he will get things corrected there but my concern Adrian is on defense it doesn't look like this team is communicating like they used to on defense Mm. you had guys like Rudy Gobert Joe Ingles in the past who were the quarterbacks of that defense who were just barking out orders to their teammates letting everybody on the court know where each other is at and that really helped create one of the more elite defenses if not the elite defense in the NBA that the Utah Jazz carried they had for multiple years in a row it felt like this year so far it feels like that communication that that talking back and forth for whatever reason has gone down and I I don't know I I I, I'm expecting that they can get things figured out I think Quinn Snyder and his staff are too good of a coaching staff not to get things ironed out you heard Joe Ingles say it we need to move past bad possessions we need to be able just to focus on that we've seen guys like Rudy Gobert and the like when it's something that they feel is wrong with referees they seem to bark at the referees versus getting back down court and that seems Mm -hmm. to affect the Jazz I think that they need to get back just to the core of hey we can control getting back on defense and defending at a high level. I think that's where you need to start. There are other things that obviously are, are issues. Like I said, the Mike Conley deal. There's a little bit of a streaky shooting with that second unit, especially for the Jazz. But the one thing I think the Jazz need to get back to is just the basics on defense. Yeah, and you know what has made you successful is you, you got rid of some players to add offense. And so you kind of got to hope that the new players fit in defensively yeah. without sacrificing what they do offensively. And here, I, I they do. I think they need to find a little bit more of that bite on defense, and frankly, on offense too. I mean, it's it's not it's not the offense that was expected coming into the well, season yeah, they're, as of right they're not now. Not as fluid. Yeah, and you you would think that with the system, I mean, it's working for Boyan. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For the yes. most part, yeah. you know. So. Um, he's a guy who's had, you know, he's already had more thirty-point games than he did all of last season. So, I, I, my concern is on the offensive side because I believe the defensive side will come along. Okay, and maybe that's true for the offensive side because I would expect Mike Conley to be able to p- produce more than he has been because he's too good of a player, and yeah. I, ex- I would expect that out of him. And I think the rest of the team will come along. Maybe their shot selection has been less than they've wanted. They've obviously, with so many mid-range shots, I, I personally, I hate the floater. I know that's what 
Conley has built his career on and um, Donovan Mitchell shooting a lot of them too and he's he's been making them but also missing a lot of them too but I hate the floater I think it's it's so inefficient statistically get out to a three or try to dunk the ball but maybe teams have just adjusted to what the Jazz do we haven't seen the lobs and the dunks from Rudy Gobert like we haven't seen those things quite this year and uh, but in to what you're saying maybe it's because the defense hasn't been there so they haven't you know well, they haven't had a chance to really get in offensive rhythm because they're constantly getting blown up on the defensive side of the ball. And especially with turnovers, oh my goodness, the turnovers have been a, a big bugaboo in the last few games. Yeah, I, the one thing that I, I look at and I, I, I worry about with the Jazz is a lot of their turnovers happen in the middle of the court. Yes, they're live ball turnovers. Yeah, and they're yeah. and all of a sudden the other team is on the run and you're outmanned and obviously you're going to give up points that way because the NBA it's a league of runs. These, mm-hmm. these teams are built to do that. I'd like to see the Jazz start making their defense give them offensive opportunities. Get get the turnovers, the turnovers that they've been giving up. And you heard Joe Ingles in the last segment. He believes that the Jazz are always going to be a team who has higher than normal turnover um, issues because they share the ball so much on offense. He already acknowledged that. He says, we're always going to have a little higher turnovers. But I'd like to see the Jazz turning teams over and getting out on the run in their own right. Guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, I don't know how many people went back and watched what he did in Indiana. When he gets out and runs, he's very good in 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 the fast break. I feel like guys like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell... They're very good as well when you get out on the run. So I'd like to see the Jazz make that defense turn into offense. I know that's easier said than done. I'm sitting here as an armchair analyst right. saying that. But it would be nice to see them getting back to that where they're turning teams over more than they're turning it over to the other team. And I really do feel like that would help kind of spark this offense because we all know this in, in basketball, when short, shots start falling, guys, it just it's contagious. You see guys, they're like, okay, yeah, that guy's making it. Well, I'm going to make my shots. And that's where I think it changes for the Jazz offensively. Obviously, I, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here in an armchair in a studio at Vivint Smart Home Arena. I'm not over at the ZBBC in the coaches' offices. Yeah. But I know that Quinn Snyder and his staff, they've studied the film. And tonight's a big opportunity because Memphis, without John Morant, they don't have necessarily the same bite that they had with him in the lineup. They've still got some good players. Brandon, Brandon Clark is a good player. I like watching him play, a former Gonzaga guy. But this is a big opportunity to go out there and hopefully show, hey, we've worked on a few things here with a couple days of practice and hopefully have a better result. Yeah, it's, it's a, and there's a big stretch coming up here, Jake. I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the, oh, well, they've played hard teams, so don't worry. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of hate that argument where it's like, well, they played. I, I saw it on Twitter all last road trip. Like, well, they're playing all these teams with above 500 records. So what? Don't worry. They're going to beat the teams that have bad records coming up. That's not the point. Yeah. The point was is that you made the changes to become an elite team and go on the road, and maybe you don't win a Toronto-Philly back-to-back. Mm-hmm. But maybe you don't go down 40 at halftime, and you come at, you win that game against Toronto, and you they got stuck in customs for two hours or something, coming out, leaving Toronto on a back-to-back all the way down to Philly. you got to fly yeah. internationally mm-hmm. and all that. You know, Maybe you don't win that Philly game, but I didn't feel like they competed as hard on that road trip. And so this is a big stretch to not because the opponents are lesser, but because they are opponents that you can probably find success against. Well, it, because you got Memphis, OKC, yeah. Minnesota, Golden State, and Orlando coming to town, and it helps you build confidence. Right, and then you get into the meat. Yeah, exactly. The, I'm with you, Adrian, in that regard. That guess what? You can't 
just feast on lesser opponents. Don't tell me that you could. Yeah. You are going to be good against bad teams. We're going to be an elite point. team, but we're only going to beat the bad teams on and our And that's schedule. not what the Jazz are saying, No, uh, to be clear. That's yeah. just, I've seen that a lot on Twitter, out of fans and out of yeah. blogs and things like that. It's like, that's not really the point of why this team was put together. They made these moves for high-quality players and Correct. Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, you know, Jeff Green, these guys to come off the bench, they made the investment so they would have success more at this point in the season. And yeah. so to sell and to to make everyone feel better by saying they're going to feast on the lesser teams, I don't think that's what the Jazz want to do. No. I think they're in this for the, the big time. And they got a tough test against the Lakers, and that's a team they may see in the playoffs. And uh, they want to they wanna show better than that, and I believe these guys will. They, this is too much talent to have kind of this be the way the season's going to go. This is a proud team. These guys are professionals. They want to win at a high level. They've seen themselves be knocked out of the playoffs last couple of years at the, at the hands of the Houston Rockets. They want nothing more than to be the team that can knock the Rockets or a, a team of that caliber out of the playoffs yeah. and advance. That's what they're aiming for. It's taken longer than I think a lot of fans expected it to, That's to get, been the surprising to get thing. in gear because, mm-hmm. yeah, it is 20 games into the season. I, and I don't want to be preaching patience because we are a quarter of the way into the season, but I still feel like there's a lot of work the Jazz can put in here. And like you, you mentioned, that stretch that's coming up here where these are some teams you can feast on and put together a pretty good win-loss record over the next little bit here. Do it. Build that confidence right. because once you jump back into that gauntlet of the t- so-called tougher opponents, hopefully you've built a little bit more of what you want to do as your core principles right. and and i'm not i'm not necessarily like the preach patience guy either yeah but uh, i will say it, it is a little concerning but i still think that they're working some things out they are and yeah. as to be expected we we opened the segment saying that boyan's been a revelation this year he's been absolutely phenomenal if the jazz can get an average mike conley the rest of the way this right. season if and when he gets back from that hamstring injury it just depends on how long he's out for if he gets back to doing what we saw him do in memphis this team, I think, is gonna is gonna be a lot better. I feel like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are doing what they do. That's the nice part is they've been pretty steady, Eddie. If it feels like in terms of their game in and game out efforts, and I, the Jazz as a team have been pretty healthy too. So you hope that okay, they've had some time to practice the last couple of days. You go into this game against Memphis tonight. Hopefully, you see a better effort, a better defensive effort in particular, and that can springboard you into some good things. Yeah, if Conley, you know, he's off. Nearly eight points a game from last season. Yeah, down two assists. Granted, you he doesn't know. have the same touches, right? But yeah, he, but I'm with you. I think you know comes back from, from that injury, mm-hmm. and maybe if he can get a mo- like you say, the the average Mike Conley, which that word average sometimes I think is misconstrued. It is. I think when you're saying the average Mike Conley, I think you're you're talking about the good player that's been in this league for so long. His you career get, numbers. You get that guy. Yeah. You get the average Mike Conley, not the guy who's you know. No. Every once in a while goes 30-plus. No. no, you're just talking about the guy who gave Memphis 18 points a game for his entire career. Yeah, and I don't expect it. If, if Mike Conley were to come out and, yeah, if he get, let's say he put up 15 and 5. They're talking 15 points and 5 assists per game. I think that would be plenty good enough to expect from him. He is an older player in this league. He's played for a long time there in Memphis. I, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. I don't mean to say we want an average Mike Conley. Right, yeah. We want his career average Mike Conley. We want, yeah. to see what he, we want to see what he did in Memphis here in Utah. I think it's still there. I think it's taken him more time than he would like to admit it ha- it's taken yeah. him to get comfortable. But you hope at some point it clicks in and then he's, he's off and rolling. Yep, definitely. And... Uh, 
especially what you're saying. I love what we're getting, what the Jazz are getting out of Boyan. Oh yeah, and I th- it's been really fun to watch him. That's a guy who he has t- struggled a little bit against Toronto and Philly as far as scoring wise, but in the last five games, still averaging 21 points a game, nearly two assists, shooting 46 percent from three. I mean, David Locke put out some numbers. He's one of the top catch-and-shoot three-point shooters in the NBA. Considering you got a guy for four years, $17 million on each of those years, that's a steal. Yeah. And he's he might be the, the pickup of the NBA offseason. That's mm-hmm. not like the superstars of yeah. getting Kevin Durant. Obviously, you take Durant over Boyan Bogdanovich. But even Chris Paul said it when they first came into this arena with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. He said that might be the pickup of the off- most underrated signing of the offseason was the Boyan. Way. And he's been way better than I ever could have imagined. And I thought he was good. Yeah. I was like, that's a good pickup. He's a really good player. No, he's better than I thought he would be. Well, speaking of CP3, did you see what he did last night? Yes. <laughs> got You got to – I mean, that's savvy. If you didn't see, he got a, a – in overtime, yeah. the, a Wolves – Timberwolves player tried to check in. He didn't have his shirt checked – his uh, jersey tucked, tucked in, in, which is a rule. And he pointed it out And Chris Paul officials. pointed it out. Did he have to? No. Has he been in the league long enough to know how what it takes to get a win? Yes. He's pretty wily when it so comes to So you can hate on Chris that. Paul if you want, but he got him for that one. He did. Yep. So, so that was funny. Uh, coming up on the other side, it's time for five minutes of soccer. We're headed back to the pitch yeah, with Jake Hatch, and he's going to break down the latest in the RSL news. And uh, on the other side also, we'll get you some college football updates and maybe what's going down in the NFL uh, later on in the show as well. And then we make way for Utah State basketball uh, coming up at 3.30. That's all coming up here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. It's the weekend! Let's go! It may be the weekend. But there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Leiser and Jake Hatch. Can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Back Saturday show wrapping up the two o'clock hour with five minutes of soccer featuring Jay Catch. Even though you're on the show, anyway, we'll, we still give you the featuring Jay Catch. Uh, right now it is Georgia and LSU. I believe it's seven to three. Did Blankenship just miss a field goal? He did. Never mind. And by the way, seven zero. They just showed the picture. Dominic Blaylock, the receiver for Georgia, caught a pass and went down in a heap. Hopefully, he's not seriously injured. That looks yeah. Bad. It looked he went straight to his knee. So yeah. Uh, but five minutes of soccer, Jake. What is the scuttlebutt? So this week, um, RSL announced that they've reorganized their front office a little bit here. And Elliot Fall, a guy who has risen literally from the ranks of an intern with Real Salt Lake, is now RSL's new permanent general manager. For him. A guy who went to, I believe, it was Judge Memorial High School in the University of Utah. So he is a true hometown kid running his hometown club. He will be the youngest general manager in Major League Soccer at just 34 years old. Young guy. But also, additionally... As part of that reorganization, they also have announced that Freddie Juarez is the new permanent head coach for Real Salt Lake. Of course, he took over midseason last year when Mike Pecky was let go. I think both of these moves, 
solid moves. I think that both of them have, have kind of built themselves into what they are because Freddie Juarez started out uh, coaching youth soccer when he was playing professionally still uh, in El Paso and the like. He's gone through, he went through the RSL Academy in Arizona, mm-hmm. moved here to Utah working with the RSL Academy and moved here to Utah, took over with the Real Monarchs, which is the USL affiliate, the minor league team. For the Real champs. The, yeah, the USL champions. And then moved made his move up to the first team with Real Salt Lake. So he has truly grown in his role through this organization. I do think that both of them were um, savvy moves, but also um, smart moves at the same time. I think that Deloitte Hans understood what he has in-house, and he's going to reward that. I do wonder if there is a ceiling with that, because this is a league in Major League Soccer that is becoming more and more about international signings and talent. I know RSL is producing all kinds of talent at the academy level. Can that carry them back to the top of, of Major League Soccer? Well, if you look at this year's results, finishing third in the Western Conference says indicates that, yeah, maybe they can, but I do wonder if RSL needs to get a little bit more into the arms race, if you get what, what I'm saying. Maybe mm. pay a little bit more to get some more international talent. We'll see. All right, so that's five minutes of soccer with Jay Catch. Anything else? Uh, that's pretty much that's it. it. So, oh, yeah, one other thing. RSL will open the season. They announced their um, – Season opener as well as their home opener. February 29th, Adrian, Leap Year Day, uh, the day that comes around once every four years. MLS season will open up with Real Salt Lake on the road at Orlando. You mean I have to work an extra day this year? You do have to work an extra day this year. And then uh, they'll have their home opener a week later at noon Mountain Time as they host the New York Red Bulls at Rio Tinto Stadium on July 7th. I Uh, I have one question about that. As an MLS fan... Doesn't it feel like it's an earlier start than usual this year? Um, it's actually right around when they most of the time. It might be a week earlier than normal, but they've compressed the schedule already, so they're I think they're moving a little bit earlier on. They also want to take advantage because the CONCACAF Champions League requires teams to play in mid-February, so these teams are already in action. Might as well just get it going. So there you go. So many tournaments, so little time. All the cups. That's P- why it's P- an 11th month season. 11 months season. As PK likes to say, what are you guys playing this week for? The Dixie Cup? Yes, exactly. <laughs> loves to have fun with stuff like that. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we'll give you a scoreboard update, and we will make way for Utah State and uh, mix in a little NFL conversation as well. Some exciting games going on right now, including a local team is in action. We'll let you know how Weber State is faring. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday Show on the Zone Sports Network.